Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hudson, back with another episode here on The Truth. Back with another episode of On The Court, episode number 12. As today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be going over the Chicago Bulls, my mom's favorite team. Hope you guys are excited for another edition here of On The Court. How On The Court works, it's your base, It's basically your individualized team preview as we get you guys up and ready for each individual NBA team for the upcoming NBA season. We'll go over our three key players. We'll go over our bus. We'll go over our breakout player, sleeper player, team MVP, key draft picks, as well as key offseason moves. We'll then go into our two keys to success, and by the uh, podcast's end, we'll go over our division or conference, actually just conference standing projection, where we think the Bulls are going to finish this season. So without further ado, AJ, go ahead and give me your three key players for the Bulls this season. So for my three key players, my first one is going to be DeMar DeRozan. I think that's an obvious one there. I think all three of them are pretty obvious. Uh, DeMar uh, kind of moved, has been around on a couple of teams now at this point. Uh, I believe what, Raptors, Spurs, and now Bulls. Uh, next one's going to be Zach Levine, part of that Jimmy Butler trade a little while back at this point. Uh, Zach Levine's been a solid uh, player for this team. Same with uh, Nikola Vucevic. I think Nikola Vucevic has had a more like underrated season since the past few years. Year, especially last year, I don't think uh, a lot of people realize like how I wouldn't say dominant, but a solid season he did have at being 32 years old. I mean, he's been in the league for 12 years now, 13 years. Uh, he's been a solid part there, being with him, being really the only like true big man on this team that I really trust. Uh, seems like a lot of the other guys on this team, there isn't really any other big man he's been able to take on that role and be able to. Uh, kind of just play as much minutes as they allow as as they allow them. Yeah, my first key player is gonna be Demar Derozan. I mean, it was kind of interesting when Demar Derozan came over to Chicago. Obviously, spent the majority of his career there in Toronto, then went to uh, San Antonio for three seasons, then came to Chicago. And when he's been with Chicago, I feel like it's been his best seasons. And statistically, it's basically has been. I mean, he had a career high in points per game at twenty seven point nine that two thousand twenty one to two thousand and twenty two season. I think he's been more of a facilitator for the most part as well. Really getting other guys involved, guys like Zach Levine, obviously. Nikola, you, uh, you, oh my gosh, Nikola Vucevic. Wow, I was thinking of Nikola Jokic. Um, but anyways, yeah, he's been a very reliable option for the 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 uh, Bulls. Man, I am struggling my words right now. I am getting like the Chicago Bears, the Buffalo Bills, all mixed around here with the Chicago Bulls. But he's gotten the Bulls in the right path, and he's made the Bulls a team that can contend for the postseason. You look at these three stars of the team, it's kind of weird to think that they aren't necessarily the top tier of the Eastern Conference, because you look at these stars here, obviously DeMar DeRozan was very much a part of Toronto and their franchise as a whole. And then uh, Vucevic has been there for a period of time, and Levine's kind of bounced around as well, but have been all reliable options, so it's kind of interesting to say, but DeMar DeRozan is the best player in this team, whether you want to try to make the case for Vucevic or even Levine. He is the best player in this team just because of how able and willing he is to not only shoot the basketball at high clips, but share it as well. Vucevic is kind of his right-hand man, averaged 17.6 points per game last season, 11 rebounds, 3.2 assists. Again, a guy that started off with Philadelphia, not many people remember that. A lot of people remember him from his Orlando Magic days, which is where he really made a name for himself and was a really reliable option for the Chicago Bulls. Um, last season, you know, for the Bulls, only 17.6 points per game, which is 
a little bit lower than his first season in 21.5, but a very good kind of pick and pop there guy with guys like Levine or even DeMar DeRozan. He's just a good overall player. He averages a block and a steal per season, which is great to kind of have a low connection there between the both, um, you know, blocks and steals. So he's able to do it on, on quote-unquote both sides on the defensive side and um, is a really good option for the Bulls as they continue to try to kind of build something around there. You want a solid center. He isn't one of those guys that's a tremendous center. I think more than anything, he's just a solid center, which I think teams kind of get complacent for at times. They obviously want the Jokic's, the Joel Embiid's, and they realize that there's some great ones out there like uh, Vucevic, who has been consistent for them year in and year out. He just hasn't really gotten the, the name or the recognition that he quote-unquote deserves. And then finally, Zach Levine, my boy. He hated being drafted to Minnesota. We obviously saw that. Um, but he had a good start there with Minnesota, but really made a name for himself with Chicago. It seems like since he came into Chicago, I believe it was 2017, if I'm not mistaken. So he's um, been one of those guys that's had continued success for Chicago and has really just eval- developed his career there. You know, he had 27.4 points per game in 2020, 2021, 24 points per game his last season, has 4.5 rebounds, 4.2 assists. So, again, a guy that is kind of doing it on both ends, you could say. I'm a guy that's had success doing it for multiple years now and is a guy that's been successful as a whole. So going into this season, I mean, he's going to be one of those guys that the Bulls call upon. Obviously, the guard position, Lonzo Ball, I believe, is out. Again, a lot of people forget about Lonzo Ball, but he's been injured so much in his career. He's out, I believe, the entire season already. So you need to have some shooting guard player or just guard play in general step up to the plate. And you obviously got Zach Levine there who can fill in the role nicely um, and be a very reliable option there for them this season. So again, I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do. I think there's obviously the, the, the sky's the roof for him. He is 28 years old. I feel like he's a lot older, but he's been very efficient in his career. And I think more than anything, all three of these guys have really kind of grown their careers, maybe besides Vucevic for that matter, but have grown their careers there in Chicago and are really building kind of like a nice cohesive big three unit there. Okay. What about your bust? So my bust, I have Andre Drummond. Uh, Drummond is only 30 years old still, again, one of those guys who just feels like he's been in the league forever, has been on a lot of teams at this point in his career, uh, spent a majority of it with the Pistons, went to the Cavs, Lakers, he was on the 76ers, he was on the Nets uh, there for a year, and then now on the Bulls. Uh, last year, six rebounds, six point, or sorry, six point six point six rebounds, uh, half a assist shot, 60%. Uh, from the field, 53.6% from the free throw, uh, which is better than his career average at 47.5, but still both really bad. Uh, he is a solid backup point guard at this point of his career uh, when Vucevic comes out. Uh, just more of a rebounder will give you some buckets here and there, but uh, if I'm not wrong, I had Vucevic in fantasy last year for basketball, and I believe he plays the entire first quarter uh, and then sits out like the first half of the second quarter and then comes in for the last half of the second quarter uh, to finish out the half. So having someone like that who's able to go up and just go get rebounds is solid, but he's not going to be much more than that. Uh, defensively, 0.7 steals, 0.4 blocks uh, within his time, only plays about 12.7 minutes. I, uh, comparatively, like with the rest of his career, he averages like almost 30 minutes per game. Uh, I think he's towards that tail part of his career where he's moving around uh, more of a, that ring chaser type role that a lot of guys uh, go to towards the end of their careers. Uh, and I just think that's where Drummond's at. I don't see him uh, gain a lot of those minutes. I think that his minutes will go down. I think 
uh, other guys like Patrick Williams, uh, more of a forward, but I think he'll have a bigger role this next year. I think that he'll be taking away some more, some more of those opportunities from Drummond uh, on the rebounding and offensive side. So let me go with Alex Caruso. Now, I think a lot of people like Alex Caruso because he's bald and he's just like a gnome, I guess you can say, which is a kind of a weird comparison. But for me, it just reminds me of a gnome. Alex Caruso, in my opinion, is not very good. I think he's just known for being bald, a little bit of a wacky guy. But, you know, for Chicago, he's been in Chicago the last two seasons, obviously started out his career that way. Had 36 games started last season, averaged 5.6 points per game, which isn't very good. Now, granted, he only played like 23, 28 minutes. But he wasn't as much of a facilitator as well. 2.9 rebounds, 2.9 assists. I mean, you look at the stars that are around this team, you expect more production. I think Alex Caruso is a guy that he can have more production as, as the year goes on. But for me, he's just not a guy that's tremendous for them. And that's something that does concern me going into the season because I do think that they need good point guard play. As mentioned, Lonzo Ball's out. And I just don't think Caruso is that, Caruso is that guy. Um, and for me... I think the Bulls maybe be held back a little bit because of that because they don't have a solid point guard play. Now, maybe Caruso, you know, plays more minutes this season and is able to have more success. I, I just got to see it before I believe it. I just haven't seen it yet. I, I understand it's, what, his third season there with Chicago, and I guess there's time for, for growth on that. But for me, it is a bit concerning, at least, that his point guard play has been inconsistent when he has started for the Bulls and really for the, uh, the Lakers as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding him, obviously, in fantasy purposes. And I'm trying to avoid him as a Bulls fan, even though you, you, it's kind of a hard time doing that because he is your starting point guard, at least for now. Okay, your breakout player. So my breakout player is going to be Kobe White. I think he's going to take over that starting point guard uh, spot. Play a little bit more point guard, shooting guard, uh, at being 6'5". He is a little bit underweight, 6'5", at 195 pounds. Uh, so he can definitely bounce bounce back and forth from that point guard shooting guard position, but I think he should be more of a point guard. That's more of what he did at North Carolina. Uh, last year, 9.7 points per game, uh, 2.9 rebounds, 2.86, 44.3% from the field, 372 from three, 87.1 from uh, the free throw line. Uh, these last couple of years uh, has gone down minutes-wise. Uh, rookie year, 25.8. Second year, 31.2, but then dropped down to 27.5, and last year, 23.4. Uh, he's been efficient when he has been on the floor. He's at His second year, he averaged a career-high 15.5 points per game. Uh, in that same year, career highs in assist at 4.8, rebounds 4.1. Defensively, he's not going to get you really any blocks. He doesn't turn over the ball a whole lot uh, with a career average of 1.5. Uh, is up there in fouls a little bit, 2.1 for the minutes that he did, he does average. Uh, but uh, he does, uh, he'll get you a steal here and there, so not much defensively. But he's played a solid amount of games. Uh, he's still only 22 years old. Uh, he drafted at 19 out of UNC. I believe he's a one-and-done. Uh, but as a whole, I mean, another UNC guy, uh, now Chicago Bull. He's all Michael Jordan. Obviously, he's not Michael Jordan <laughs> uh, in that way, but – uh, you can definitely see him more of the a point guard. I mean, Lonzo, as you mentioned, is going to be out all year. I'm not a big fan of Caruso either. I know I think Levine uh, has kind of ran a little bit more of that point guard uh, with DeMar at the two. But I think they should move him down. DeMar should play the three, Levine at the two. And I really like uh, Kobe White at the one. So I'm going to go with Io DeSanumo. 
I know I probably didn't say the name right at all, but, you know, for me, I've always liked him. He came out of Illinois, a, a late second-round pick. In my opinion, I thought he had a first-round potential. I thought he kind of got shafted there because he is a very reliable option. I just think, you know, a team were a little bit concerned about him because of his, um, I guess, size in general, and that's something that was concerning. But for me, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do this season. I think he's got a lot of opportunities to be great. Average 8.6 points per game last season, 2.8 rebounds, 2.6 assists. And for me, you kind of mentioned how Kobe White could take over the point guard position. I do believe so. I think Ayo Desunumu is one of those guys that he could take over the point guard position as well, just because he's very versatile. He's very athletic. He's a good playmaker. And he just needs more minutes and more opportunity. I saw that a lot firsthand at Illinois when Iowa would play Illinois, and he had tremendous success there. So I has got a lot of opportunity, you know, in his third season to really kind of break out in the campaign and have a successful year. I mean, the backup point guard technically right now, I think it's like Javon White, maybe even uh, Kobe White. But I think Io is a guy that can definitely step up to the mix this season and then have a good season. Is he a guy that's going to be tremendous? Probably not. He's going to be a good role playing point guard, but either option there, I guess the backup point guard position is better than Carusco, in my opinion. Uh, maybe I'm just the biggest Carusco hater, but I really don't like Carusco at all, especially uh, with the Chicago Bulls. Okay, your sleeper player. So my sleeper, I have Patrick Williams, uh, former fourth overall pick back in 2020. Early on, didn't seem like the best pick. I mean, rookie year, averaged 9.2 points per game, 1.4 assists, 4.6 rebounds. Last few years, he's played uh, more games, except for, I guess, his, se- his second year, he did have an injury, but averaged nine points there. Uh, assists and rebounds look the same. Last year, uh, looked like he took a step forward, uh, played all 82 games, so he's healthy for that 10.2 points per game. Uh, 1.2 assists, four rebounds. So not much of an improvement. Defensive side, about steel game, same with the blocks, uh, about one each. But minutes have been going up, and he's just a solid player. He's a good three-point shooter uh, from for being a big. He shot 41.5% uh, from three last year. In the 17 games, his sophomore year, shot 51.7 from three, uh, 46.4 percent from the field as a whole uh last season 85.7 from the free throw so he's a really good shooter as a whole he's a good spacer he can shoot the three ball uh can do a little bit of, that, of all things uh can hold his own defensive side gets like i said about blocking a steal per game uh six seven 215 pounds so is a little bit undersized at the power four position uh i think that if he's able to put a little more size on uh be able to be a little more of an impact there i he started a good amount of games last year, but I can definitely see him uh, move into more of that full-time starter spot. Uh, he only started, he started 65 of the 82 games. So a good amount. Like I said, he was at 17 games. He didn't start, but I think if he, if he's able to get moved into that power four spot, be able to have more of that uh, spacing because Vucevic can shoot. Basically if, he, if he's able to do that and keep on shooting where he was, this entire team can be a pretty good threat in the way that they're able to space the floor because both, both everyone, basically everyone can attack the basket, be able to score a good amount. I mean, Levine, he's one of the best jumpers in the league. Vucevic is solid down low. Uh, DeMar is a good, uh, a good perimeter shooter, but also a good pull up uh, at the elbow shooter. And but if you're able to kick out your number four, your number four guy at power forward and have him shoot basically forty plus percent from three, that's just another solid option there. I just don't think he gets a lot of recognition. He's definitely overlooked with the other guys on his team. I think a lot of people are kind of wrote him off because of the because of what he's done this far, being the fourth pick, not averaging 20, point, 20 points per game at this point. But he's a solid role player for them. 
So I'm going to go with a guy I believe you said as a bust, maybe, and Andre Drummond. I like Drummond a lot. I mean, obviously, his points and his rebounding are just phenomenal. I mean, he's one of those guys, as far as fantasy purposes are concerned, he may have uh, like eight, five points, something like that, and then just end up with like 20 boards. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's happened before. He's a guy that has averaged 15.8 rebounds a game or a season. That's pretty good, to say the least. And he was really good with the Pistons. Obviously, that was where he really got, I think, his name uh, was with the Pistons. And then, obviously, the last couple of seasons, he's really kind of just bounced around, um, you know, like just all over the place as far as different teams, different coaches, all that stuff. And so that is something that I think's kind of hindered him as well. But he is a really great offense, uh, offensive juggernaut there. He's good on the defensive side as well. And, again, more than anything, I think he's going to provide you with stability. And for the uh, the Bulls, I think that's something that they need. Yeah, the Bulls are a good team, top to bottom. We obviously understand that. But I think more than anything with this Bulls team is like having a good, solid backup option for Vucevic. And I think Andre Drummond is that guy. I don't think he's a tremendously great like player. He's a guy that was an all-star and has had success in his career. But a guy that not a lot of people would like jump off the page and be like, ooh, I'm so excited to have Andre Drummond. He just kind of works in silence and has done that throughout his career. Obviously, scoring at a premium, scoring... Um, points and those as well as rebounding as well everything that kind of again one of those guys that just does the dirty work and kind of enjoys doing it as well and so going into this season he's going to be one of those guys that has a tremendous impact for them as well Um, and I think more than anything just providing some backup stability there at the center position is going to be something that's huge for him I think a lot of people are sleeping on him because of that but I think he's going to be a tremendous role player for the Bulls again as he did last season all right go ahead and give me your team MVP so my team MVP, I have DeMar DeRozan. Last year, 24.5 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, 5.1 assists, shot 50.4% from the field, 32.4 from three, 87.2 from the free throw. Uh, historically, DeMar hasn't been the best three-point percentage shooter, uh, but last year is definitely up there for what uh, up there with his career highs. Uh, up there, I'm sorry, up there with his career highs, up to this point, uh, he's had years where he shot 27, 25.7%. Uh, but the last couple of years, it seems like he's uh, has shot a lot better. He doesn't shoot many threes, about two attempts per game. Uh, so it's gone up uh, from previous years when he did shoot that 25%. Uh, but just as a whole, he commands this offense. Uh, I know Levine, he, he will bring up the ball here and there, but he's more of an ISO player, it feels like, uh, at this point. DeMar is able to share well, more with that was 5.1 assists per game. He's definitely up there uh, being one of the more leaders. Obviously, when Lonzo was in, he was more of that role, and uh, DeMar was more of just a true scorer. But DeMar does a little bit of everything. He, I just mentioned that dirty the dirty work that Drummond does. DeMar does that at the point guard, shooting guard position uh, pretty well, plays good defense, averages a little bit more than a steal per game, will get you a block here and there. But the guy who also has a really high usage rate, uh, only has about two turnovers per game, two fouls per game. So just as a whole, I think DeMar is the best player on this team. You can make an argument for Levine, in my opinion, also. It's definitely between those two, but I think DeMar has a little bit more experience. It has a little bit more of a more uh, all-around game who gets other guys uh, into the game, a little bit more usage for them as well. Yeah, I got DeMar as well as my team MVP. I think you can make a case, as you mentioned, for 
Zach Levine. But for me, I think DeMar is the best player on this team. Yeah, he's getting up there a little bit in age, but you can make the same argument for Levine. And DeMar has just done it ever since, you know, he came into the league, especially with Toronto there. So I don't really like that argument. I think more than anything, DeMar is just a great overall player. And I think he deserves more respect than what he's been given, especially there in Chicago. Because Chicago, the reason why they had success last season and were able to make the play was because of DeMar DeRozan and his ability to not only shoot the ball, but play both sides of the ball very efficiently and then very effectively. And that's something that's completely underrated, it feels like, in today's day and age more than anything. Going into the season, I'm excited to see what DeMar is going to do. I think, again, with having an increased workload, I guess you could say, obviously with some lacks there with the point guard position with Lonzo Ball, you never really know, you know, backups, all that good stuff. So I think DeMar is on pace to have a great season. I really do. I think he's one of those guys that a lot of people are kind of putting their eyes on and waiting to see what he's going to be able to do. And like I said, a lot of people don't give him the respect he deserves. And I hope this season, you know, people understand, you know, how good of a player he really is and has been a good of a player for them throughout this career there. Um, Not only just in Chicago, but, for however long he's been playing, you know, he's been consistent and a reliable option. And that excites me about DeMar DeRozan. Okay, your key draft pick slash offseason moves. So I only have one key draft pick. I have Adama Sanogo. Uh, he's was, uh, sorry, out of Kentucky last year. Or sorry, not Kentucky, Connecticut. Uh, I can't read. Uh, was NCAA champion there. Uh just have picked up a lot of accolades while he's there. Last year, 39 games, 17.2 points per game, uh, 7.7 rebounds, 1.3 assists, shot 60.6% from the field, 36.5 from three, 76.6 uh, from three throw, which is up 5% from his uh, career average. Three-year uh, starter uh, for UConn at that point. Uh, with UConn, I mean, he's basically been the guy the last two years. Uh, points have gone up. You've seen his percentages go up. His uh, blocks per game uh, two years ago, he averaged two. Last year went down to 1.8. Well, uh, blocks per game, steals on his career, just under one. But again, two years ago, he averaged basically one one per game. His minutes did go down uh, from his sophomore year to his junior year. He le- averaged three less minutes, but uh, played 10 or yeah, played 10 more games uh Started 39 of the 39 games played in total. Uh, he's a solid player there. I mean, he won an NCAA championship for a reason last year. Uh, he was a key contributor there for that. I'm going to go and go ahead with uh, Julian Phillips, forward out of Tennessee. I'm really excited to see what Julian Phillips is going to do for the Bulls this season. A former five-star recruit with tons of talent in the building. Not eye-popping numbers in college, only 8.3 points per game. You know, for me, I think that's a little bit disappointing. I know college is different. And more than anything, to look at, at college prospects as a whole compared to how they play statistically-wise. But it was disappointing there. Tremendous work ethic, which I think can benefit him nicely in the NBA. I think work ethic is not an underrated component because obviously there's a lot of hard workers in the NBA. But one of the more underrated aspects, and especially for a young rookie to get some minutes, I think Julian Phillips is going to be able to do that there um, and have good success there for, for them. And then a good pick for the future. I don't think he necessarily has tremendous immediate value, but that's okay. I think he's going to be just fine with Chicago throughout his career, whether it's he's playing a lot this season, whether it's next season, whatever it is. I mean, I think there's, a, like I said, a lot of opportunity for him to grow and, and really flourish under this system there for the Bulls this season. So I'm really excited to see what he's going to be able to do there. And then offseason moves. The first one we go with is Javon Carter, guard from the Bucks. Javon Carter 
one of my favorites in the Bucks, just because he was a guy that got no recognition for, from the Bucks, just because of the superstars around him. But he's a great defender as a whole. I feel like he joins a really elite, not elite class of Chicago Bulls players, but I feel like Chicago, the Chicago Bulls are really good on the defensive side, and he's joining that group there with you know the ability to play the defensive side very efficiently, and that that excites me this season. He was has been an improved passer throughout his career, which is an underrated aspect of his game. I think you know early on in his career, people said he couldn't pass the football efficiently and being a reliable playmaker, but he's done that, especially as of late. A good three-point shooter as well. Not a guy that's going to shoot tremendously, but a guy that's going to shoot enough to have success in the NBA, which is something, again, that's good. He's got big enough size to compete in the paint, especially at the guard position. I feel like it's kind of hard to find. It's kind of a rarity there. And everything you need out of a backup guard. Like I said, he was a backup guard. I believe he's going to be the backup guard. He was a backup guard there for Milwaukee. But this year, I think he's got more of an opportunity there now that he's not filled with complete superstars. Yeah, he's got superstars there in DeMar DeRozan and guys like that. But, I mean, there's still an area of where the Bulls are not compared to the Bucks in that matter. Um, so I do believe he's going to have good success there. But I do believe as well that he is a guy that is going to be consistent. And then Torrey Craig, four from the Suns. He's a very mature forward, especially at this point of his career. He's a little bit of a veteran presence, I believe, what, 32, 33 years old. So a guy that's kind of had a, a tenured career there in the NBA. I'm expecting him to translate his game really well going into you know his time here with Chicago. I'm expecting him to have you know good success there. He is a very good defender. Um, he's also good at grabbing boards. He's an average shooter as well as a finisher, a typical role player in my opinion. You know, a team that Chicago Bulls, our team like the Chicago Bulls maybe would look at it and then have him develop him as a role player there. And that's something that the Bulls do need um, is having good role players on the bench. He sometimes lacks fluidity as well as not extremely explosive, but that's fine. How does he balance that? Well, he balances that by, you know, being able to stay on the court for the most part. In the past, he was known for being in foul trouble, but that's a little bit less of a focus now, especially as of Wade. And I think he's just a great bench veteran presence with the opportunity of getting in the games here at, at certain points. And again, that's something that I think the Bulls did need. And I think that's something that they've kind of found there um, and, and will continue to kind of find as, as they continue to have success with him. Okay, your two keys to success. So for my two keys to success is I feel like they're in that spot where they either need one more guy or they could trade everyone, kind of blow it up. I think that they could get lot good value out of a lot of guys here. I don't know how well they're they're gonna or how far they would even or how close they would make it even to the playoffs. It seems like this team has a lot of talent. They're good defensively, but they just don't make the playoffs. Or if they do, they may barely make it in this year. I think they'll have a better year than last year, uh, or a very similar year to last year. I don't know if they take many steps forward than what they already did. So I think it, it's a tough spot because like you could trade, made, make some trades, try to get uh, pieces that fit a little bit better. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but I think if they trade everyone, I mean, they could definitely blow it up uh, and get come do something like what the Thunder did where they got all these draft picks and they started just rebuilding their team from the bottom up. I mean, the guys that they had, I know Harden was traded early on, but like Kevin Durant, uh, Westbrook, PG, all those guys, when they've kind of cycled through all that and was able to get the value they were able to there, maybe they can do something along those lines uh, with DeMar, Levine, uh, Vucevic, guys uh, trained to contending teams that uh, need have a need at that position and be able to kind of rebuild and get a lot of those picks. Uh, and my next one is uh, get your own guys some more point in. I know Patrick 
Williams got some, but Colby White, I mean, his playing time's gone down a lot. I like AO. He's decent. Uh, I wouldn't, I put Kobe, Kobe White above AO, but AO needs some more minutes. I, I don't know. I feel like those young guys are going to need more minutes, especially because I don't think that either DeMar, Levine, or Vucevic, when contracts, when contract time's coming around, I don't see them being like, yeah, I want to re-sign with the Bulls because it seems like they've had guys and they haven't been able to really do a whole lot there with, with the guys, with the team that they already have. So my first one's going to be veteran stars need to step up. I mean, this was an obvious one here, but the veteran stars do need to step up. Guys like DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and, and even Nikola Jokic or Vucevic. I don't know why I keep saying Nikola Jokic, the joker. Um, but the veteran stars do need to step up. If they're able to step up, I think this team's in a far better position because there's a lot of good surrounding cast and surrounding role players. But having the veteran stars be the presence that they need is going to be huge for their success. And then um, almost too much defense. I feel like they need to get some more shooters, open up some more ability to score. And if they're able to do that, I think they're in a better position. I'm not saying having too much defense is bad, but I almost feel like there's like too much defense there for the Bulls that they're going to not score a lot of points. And especially going up against some of these teams that they're going to have to face with a lot of high-scoring off- options that these teams do have, it is important to be able to kind of have a good um, – offensive scoring presence at least to a certain extent and show that you can at least score to, to somewhat capabilities okay what about your uh, standings prediction so for my prediction i have them pretty low and i think that's also part of what you just mentioned is that they may have too much defense at this point uh i haven't finishing 11th you can def- i can see them finishing higher but it's hard to because they really haven't proven a whole lot the east have gone better i think those top six teams roughly are basically a lock at this point. Uh, and then there's got teams like the Hawks that are probably going to be in the playing game, the Nets who are younger, who are rising, who seem like they have a really good squad going on there, uh, who have a good mix between defense and offense. And just other teams that I think that there's a chance that if everything clicks, uh, it, they could outplay uh, teams like the Bulls who aren't able to score as well as other teams just because uh, – they they just don't have that uh, someone who's able to space be able to be that true score be able to go out there and be able to uh, drop 40 50 points per night uh, whenever you need them to if they need to turn it on and do that now there's some nights where, like where Levine can do that where I think he's dropped like 50 or 60 before Demar's probably had big games but Vucevic I don't really see him uh, doing a whole lot of that, being able to just have those games where he goes out and drops 50, 60 points uh, because they need to, and they don't have anyone else who's really stepping up to be able to score. Yeah, I'm going to go with 12. I think they're a little bit better than the Pacers, but like I mentioned earlier, I think there's just too much offense to the point where like you need to find a way to kind of have a healthy balance because if you don't, then you're just kind of in a weird position. And for me, I think that's something that does concern me here. I think there is an opportunity for growth. I think the Bulls are in a good position there. But in the grand scheme of things, for me, it's something that I'm trying to avoid at all costs, really. And if I'm able to, then maybe the Bulls are going to be able to have a successful campaign. But for me, like I said, um, I'm just kind of one of those I'm kind of one of those skeptics there. And I just, I don't know, I'm not feeling too much into it this season. So We'll see what happens with the Bulls, but I think their future is continued to be bright, and how are the Bulls going to play down the line is going to be the biggest question mark. 
how are they going to play this season? Are they one of the teams that realize that they're kind of in a wrong path and get rid of some of these veteran stars and try to build the younger foundation? But I think if they're able to get maybe a trade for a superstar or get some guys that can help them with their scoring and offensive production, then I think the Bulls are in a far better position, which is something that I think Bulls fans do want to see. They want to see you know them get back to the postseason and have success um, compared to what they did last season. So we'll see. I'm a bit skeptical of the Bulls this season. Again, maybe there's just more opportunity down the line for them to grow and develop. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter. The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. Make sure you follow The Truth on Instagram at t- and TikTok at the.tt.truth. We're going to be doing some Instagram lives on there to connect with you, the viewers, as well as posting up our clips for the week. And as always... I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Huston. We're doing the Cleveland Cavaliers tomorrow, so I hope you guys do uh, listen to that. Join once again by AJ Ponciano. Take care and good night.